0: Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Often, parting words serve the function of offering the highest points and ideals we wish to relay to others. Either in summary or by means of a larger conclusion, often the very best and most important parts of a message come as part of our final instructions. The end of the book of Hebrews works to summarize the most important aspects, not only of the book itself, but of a life of faith. These exhortations Warnings and guidelines are a helpful overview of the traits of a faithful Christian, and they also serve as an opportunity for self-reflection. In this week's Message of the Week, we begin a worship series focusing on Scripture guiding us to our true home. We are sometimes lost, confused, or even on the wrong path without knowing. Our sermon today highlights the Hebrew people and how God led them home. Here is the First Church Message of the Week.
1: So, in the month of August, we are starting and diving into a new series called Lost, Finding Our Way Home. And I'll talk a little bit more about this series, but we are going to look at the book of Hebrews and what it means sometimes when we are lost. But first, let us dive into our text for today. Our text comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. I invite you to follow along with me on the screens. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God, so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going, to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived in the land he'd been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren and past the age, for having children because she believed that the one who was promised the one who promised was faithful so descendants were born from one man and he was as good as dead they were as many as the number of the stars in the sky and as countless as the grains of sand on the seashore all these people died in faith without receiving the promises but they saw the promises from a distance and welcomed them They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are longing for a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. This is the word of God spoken to us today. So when I was a freshman in college at Dakota Western University in Mitchell, South Dakota, I arrived to campus a few weeks earlier than pretty much everybody else because I was in cross country and we had fall camp. And this consisted of getting up early in the morning and have hours long worth of practice. And I was really tired. I wasn't a bad runner going into this, but the transition from high school to college athletics was a bit of a jump for me. And it left me exhausted and tired. And not only that, but this was my first time away from home for an extended period of time more than a week. And it was the first time I was ever away from my family for that long, too. And I am an identical twin, and so this was the first time for me Being away from someone who I shared pretty much everything else with, all other experiences. Someone who I could turn to when I was uncertain about what I was going through. So this is my first time away from him as well. A lot of firsts, a lot of changes, a lot of transitions, my first couple of weeks of college. And I mentioned I'm not a bad runner, but I wasn't the fastest person on the team either and if you don't know much about cross country cross country practice is a lot different than most other sports because we're not confined to a pool or a court or a field or a track for cross country you basically do your workout on the entire city or place you're at and so our runs would consist of meeting in one place finding out what we were supposed to do and then going and running around the city of mitchell and our coaches would basically tell us what kind of a run or workout we were supposed to have. We had uh, recovery runs, which were just basically easy runs where you would be running at a pace where you could talk to your buddies and we just, we'd get the miles in basically. Then we had tempo runs, which were not as fast as we could go, but not very slow either. Just kind of an uncomfortable pace that we had to try and keep. Wasn't much talking going on there. And then we had progression runs. And these were runs where we would start off slow as a group, and eventually mile after mile would get faster and faster and faster until the last mile you're going as fast as you possibly could. And so on this particular day, we were instructed to go on a progression run, starting off slow, going faster. And I, the group of people that I was kind of roughly around in terms of my pace, they were a little faster than me, but it was two people. And so they would run in front of me, and I would be the freshman that kind of tucks in right behind them in between their gap, you know, like finding your window in a picture. That was me running. And so we started off on campus, and we start going off into the community, and the first couple miles, no big deal, right? It's, we're starting off slow, getting into it, getting loose, getting worked in. But as it got faster and faster as the miles went on, I began to struggle a little bit more. When I started to lose touch from my little gap window, first it was five meters away, then they were 10 meters away. And pretty soon my two buddies were 20 meters and before I knew it, they were a block away. I was really losing them. Don't get me wrong, I was trying as hard as I possibly could to stay in contact, to stay in touch with them, but it was really hard. And you can really tell when a runner is struggling, especially during a race, because their form just goes to crap. And that's what happened to me. Ideally, you'd be running, your eyes would be straight up, your shoulders are relaxed, your arms are just shoulder-width away, you're driving, you're slightly leaning forward, your, your legs are pumping too. That's the ideal form. But for me, particularly, when I started to get tired and I struggled and I was pushing hard, I would get tense. So my shoulders would come up, and my head would go down, and I'd start to run like this. I'd try to power through. But the problem with that is also that it kind of compounds on itself. Because when I start to do that, it constricts your airway. And so it makes it harder to breathe. And the more tense you get, the harder it is, and the harder you push, the harder it pushed, the less I could breathe, and it goes in on itself. And pretty soon, it's really hard to go anywhere. So this is the state that I was starting to come in as I was losing my teammates during this workout, as I was trying to push harder and harder. And I know for me particularly, my coaches always told me, keep your eyes up, Bryce, keep your eyes up, because I would always get stuck looking down, being all tight and tense. If I could look up, I would at least see what I'm being drawn to, and I would kind of release a little bit and have my form back. But that was not happening today. And so eventually I got to the point where I looked up, and I couldn't even see my teammates. They were completely gone. So not only had I lost my teammates and I was unable to continue my workout like I should have been, or at least keep the same pace that I should have been keeping, but also it was in this moment that I realized I had no idea where I was at. I was utterly lost. And I had no idea how to get back to campus, how to get back home. Now, it was also at this moment that all these transitional things, all these firsts started to pile up on me internally as well as I tried to fight the panic. Because, again, I had, didn't have my support system. I was far away by myself in a place I didn't know, being more exhausted than I normally was. And I was trying to think of how to get myself out of this situation. I was doing everything I could not to just collapse and break down. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like all of the things in life that are thrown at you, changes and challenges have piled up on themselves and you find yourselves unable to move forward? Have you ever found yourself lost? Have you ever been physically lost? Maybe you can think of a time. But have you also maybe ever been spiritually lost? Or emotionally? Or mentally? Or relationally? Lost? Unsure of where to go and where you're even at. Maybe you felt like you lost your faith at one point or another. As Christians, maybe you've felt lost as to where God is calling you or who God is calling you to be. It's easy for us to become lost at times. It's easy for us to lose our way. Like when I was running, sometimes we are so focused on the task at hand that we lose track of where we're trying to go or how to get home. All of us have become lost. And we need help finding our way home. Now, as I mentioned during the month of August, we're going to look at the times of life when we might feel lost. In whatever sense, lost means for you. Whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, relationally, however you feel lost. We'll look at the times where, like me as a runner, we break down or we lose sight of where we are aiming for. And we'll talk about what it means to be lost and how we can find our way home again. The last three chapters in the book of Hebrews summarize the entire book, and they offer these final words as a reminder, lifting up the aspects of what it means to have faith and what it means to be a Christian. And so we'll look at these final words in the three chapters of Hebrews as an opportunity to reflect on our own lives, to see where we are called to be as faithful Christians. Now, the writer of the book of Hebrews knew the challenges of faith. They knew the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And they knew how hard it is to remain focused and faithful to God at times but they also knew that despite everything that works against us, we can remain faithful followers of Christ. We read the story of our ancestors that came centuries before us in the book of Genesis, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Jacob. And the writers of Hebrews knows that in times of trial, we can look to those who have come before us for inspiration, for guidance and hope. And they knew that it is only by faith that we might find a way out of situations where we feel lost or where we are lost. Because in a sense, we are all strangers to this world. Our home is in heaven with the fullness of God. And we are only here on this life, on this earth, temporarily. And so as we strive to be with God, as we strive to lean into and look forward to salvation, we know that this home is not our home, that this place is temporary. Our lives, our bodies, all that we know is temporary in this world. Like Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob, we are seeking a homeland to dwell in. One that is promised to us by God for those who are faithful and have faith in his promises. And so our question is, how do we have faith to bring us home? Or rather, what does faith look like in action that will help us to go from lost to being found? In talking about Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and all those that come before, the writer of Hebrews says, all these people died in faith without receiving the promises. But they saw the promises from a distance and welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. Those people died without receiving the promises that they saw ahead of them throughout their lives. But still, they welcomed what was to come, They knew heaven was waiting for them, and they spent their lives following God and seeking the promised land. We think of one of our all-time Bible greats, Moses, who wandered in the wilderness with the Israelites after freeing them from captivity in Egypt. And even he was lost in those 40 years. Even Moses died before really reaching the promised land. But still, he welcomed what was ahead, the fullness of God. So I ask again, how do we have faith to bring us home? Well, the truth is, our hearts are what lead us home. Our hearts are what lead us to God. And their hearts were what led our faith ancestors to the homeland they were seeking we can think in our minds and think that we believe all that we want, but until we embody our faith in our hearts, we will fall short and remain lost. And to help explain this, I look to John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. He knew that faith was one of the most important aspects of life. He knew that it was one of the most important theological concepts, and he knew that it was also one of the most complex ideas. And throughout his life, he kind of developed his faith and his understanding of what faith was. And eventually, he was able to articulate three different aspects of faith. The first, he thought of faith as believing in the truth of Christian revelation. In other words, faith is first and foremost, belief. Second, he expanded his understanding of faith to involve both trust and confidence. So it's more than just an unchecked belief in something, but it has to have substance that we trust that leads us to having confidence. And thirdly, Wesley realized that trust in God as a part of faith means that faith is the evidence of God's love, that we can guarantee our trust and confidence in. So Wesley believed that if someone had a high enough level of faith and assurance of God's love, that they would be completely filled with that love. And this idea is reflected in our verses from Hebrews. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God, so the visible came into existence from the invisible. It takes a high level of belief in God with trust leading us to confidence that then leads us to love. And this high level of belief, aka faith, comes from our hearts. We think it sometimes comes from our head, but it comes from our hearts. Because all of us, are lost and need help to find our way. As Christians seeking to be in relationship with God and reach heaven, we are strangers seeking a homeland. And while faith itself won't lead us home, embodied faith, full of trust and confidence, will. Embodied faith comes from the heart and it guides us to action. Embodied faith brings us Back to God when we are lost. Embodied faith in what we can't see shows us a level of trust that provides clarity, both mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Embodied faith enables enables us to have confidence and trust when we feel overwhelmed in everything that is going on. Embodied faith helps us to keep pushing when we feel we don't have the energy. To continue moving forward. Embodied faith enables us, like our ancestors, to keep our eyes up, focused on God, when all we want to do is focus downward on the mess that we are in. By faith, Noah was able to build an ark. And by faith, Abraham obeyed God when he was called to leave his home. By faith, Sarah was able to have a child at her old age. And by faith, we can find a way home. So embody faith. Let it fill you with the love of God to the world around you. Because in love, our invisible faith is made visible. Our invisible faith is made visible in love. That day I completely fell apart when I was running was a hard day for me. I had to fight everything inside of me, not to just give up. I was lost by myself, miles away from the place that I knew. I was unfamiliar with my surroundings. And in that moment, I turned to God. On that day, my faith that I held inside became embodied in me. Like John Wesley, I had confidence and trust that while I felt like I was alone, I was not. That the invisible God was with me. And by faith in my heart, I was able to get out of that situation. Even though I was physically lost, I knew that I had already been found. So I would love to tell you that That means God showed me a bright light to follow or a yellow brick road to go along. I'd like to say that I heard God's voice like Google Maps turn left in 200 feet and right at the stop sign. But that wasn't the case. However, faith still guided me home because I didn't if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't have had the confidence of knowing I wasn't alone in that moment. And I wouldn't have been able to keep moving forward. Like our faith ancestors in the Old Testament, I wouldn't have looked up. I wouldn't have looked ahead. And I wouldn't have made it home. Sure, I ran a few extra miles that day. My faith was tested. But I, when I had felt lost, I made it to the homeland. And if you have ever felt lost or you feel lost in any way, whatever that means for you, if you are overwhelmed by the changes in your life or the challenges that you face, that life is thrown your way. My hope is that God will lead you to embody your faith in your heart. And that that faith embodied in love would lead you home, knowing that you are never alone. Let us pray. Loving God, we look to you for guidance in our life. In those moments when we feel lost and when we truly are lost, help us to keep looking toward you like our ancestors. Help us to have hope in the future even though we might not see it. Help us to know you and embody that love in our hearts, to have confidence and trust in you. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.